0: It's Laurence from the Learn to Code with Me podcast. It's my very first season, and I'm speaking with guests about how to make money with your coding skills. That's why I'm calling it From Code to Cash. Today is the fourth episode, and I have Joyce Akiko on the show. Joyce helps people become their own boss so they can enjoy increased flexibility as well as freedom in their day to day. Joyce's specialty is helping introverts get out there and get their first client. Joyce and I have been pals now for over a year. It's so fun to see how much we've evolved over that time. Joyce has a great free course called Freelance on the Side. You can check it out at freelanceontheside.com. Make sure to tell Joyce that I sent you. In our conversation today, we talk about knowing if freelancing is right for you and how to get your very first clients. The show notes for this episode, along with a full transcription, can be found at learn to code with.me forward slash four. Enjoy the episode. Hey guys, I'm here with Joyce Akiko. How are you doing today, Joyce? Great. How are you, Laurence? I am doing awesome. <laughs> so I would just love for you to introduce yourself quickly to the audience for people who aren't sure who you are, maybe never heard of you yet or maybe have been to your site, but don't know the whole story.
1: Sure. Uh, So again, my name is Joyce Akiko, and what I do is I write, coach, and train people on how to become freelancers. So everything involved with finding your first clients, uh, setting up a profitable business that will sustain over time, all of that I write about and I have online courses for.
0: Great. And I kind of want to backtrack a bit here. How did you get started freelancing?
1: Yeah, so it was a few years ago now, I think four or five years ago, uh, um, and what happened was I had taught myself how to code, and I wanted to work for myself at this point, point. and I thought, okay, well, I'm going to start making websites for people with self-taught coding skills, and this was going to be a freelancing business, and I started that. Um, I had moved to a new city all by myself. I didn't know anyone, and that was what I was going to do for my job.
0: Okay. Cool. And so you said you've been doing it for like four or you you started about four and a half years ago when you first began freelancing? Something like that. Yeah. I have to look at my LinkedIn. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And you were doing the WordPress, right? Yes. Yes. A lot of WordPress, a lot of
1: plugins, and then also some database stuff.
0: Oh, wow. That's, I didn't even know about the database stuff. That's interesting. So when you first got started, Did you, did you like give a lot of thought to whether or not freelancing was right for you or if it was, you know, something like that kind of lifestyle was going to be a good match for uh, your personality and things like that?
1: I didn't at the time. I knew that I wanted to work for myself. I had had other ventures in the past, um, like I sold uh, clothing that I designed and sewed. Um, I have had other, you know, small ventures in the past. So I knew that I wanted to work for myself, but I didn't know enough about it yet to really think about, you know, all the things that I would need to know. And if it was a good fit for my personality, like sales, am I a good salesperson? I didn't think about any of that because I just didn't know to.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So when you first got started, uh, was there anything that you kind of realized, like maybe you didn't give some of these things, for instance, sales thought, and then you're like, oh, okay, I actually have to do this type of you know, work or outreach (laughs) or whatever it is.
1: Yeah. Um, A big one there is relationship building. I did not expect at all that freelancing is such a relationship business. It's all about... You know, it's not just about closing deals, having projects, making money. It's also about making sure your clients get what they need. And then also landing these high value clients that are just looking for the lowest better. They're not looking for somebody who's like on a budget. If you really want to get a high value client, then it all comes through relationships and who you know and who could connect you to people who need your services.
0: Yeah. So when you first got started, you didn't have much relationships, not that you didn't have relationships, but I mean, relationships with people that were looking for WordPress sites or database help or things like that?
1: Um, I did. I did have, because what I had done is I had actually gone on a mission for myself to meet with a hundred people one-on-one in Philadelphia uh, because I didn't really know anyone in the city. Um, So I had some connections that I was building. I was in the process. And then I also started volunteering for Tech Girls, which is a nonprofit that came out of Philadelphia originally um, and growing extremely quickly. And um, that also helped me, you know, put something in my portfolio, helped me to also meet some new people, that kind of thing.
0: Yeah, that I love how you brought up uh, tech girls and volunteering because I love tech girls. Yeah. And that's such a great way to get some experience, um, you know, add it to your resume or portfolio or LinkedIn and also Mm -hmm. meet people at the same time. So were there people that you met through tech girls or maybe any other nonprofit that you helped out that ended up leading to um, some freelance projects? Uh,
1: Yes, actually. Uh, I don't want to talk too much about specific clients, though. Oh, yeah,
0: yeah, that's fine. I'm just wondering if the freelance, I mean, I'm sorry, if the volunteering led to um, freelance. projects, yes, actually, yes including repeat clients, which is awesome. Yeah, and not to go too far off track here, but uh, someone who always talks about this is actually Tim Ferriss, who doesn't do anything with freelancing, but he always talks about how he, I don't know what the organization was, but how he used to volunteer at some organization. And there were a bunch of like high-powered individuals in Silicon Valley that would donate money to this and just all the doors that it opened and the different kinds of people he got to meet just from volunteering um, at these events. So... Yeah, I definitely think, yeah, uh, non-profit stuff is an awesome way to get started. Yeah. Plus, yeah, plus you're, getting you're doing that. free code
1: camp. It's built into that. I think that's awesome.
0: Yeah, great. Yeah, that's a great point. It's built right into it. You can help, you know, non sites. And there's mm-hmm. a bunch of other uh, sites as well. I'll have to put them uh, in the show notes. But I just know, I, especially in uh, the Newbie Coder Warehouse Facebook group, I see people sharing things all the time about, different ways to get work experience and some that are related to, uh, nonprofits. So that's how you got started. And now of course you're helping new freelancers get started, kind of taking knowledge that you learned over time, especially things with the relationship building. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that's, that's great. Okay. So when you're, um, talking to people who are new at freelancing or just getting started, what are some of the big things that you tell them they like must do? Okay,
1: so I tell people that they definitely need to identify who their clients are going to be, um, because the big mistake that a lot of people do when they're starting out freelancing is they think, okay, I'll just offer my services, you know, maybe I'll make websites, let's say website development, and um, in terms of clients, it's going to be anyone who needs a website. But the problem with that approach is that people don't know how to send you referrals because they don't really know exactly who you're working with. And then also you have a hard time getting higher value clients because you have a hard time um, positioning your services in a way that they really want to buy.
0: So basically, yeah, getting really specific about who you want to work for. Mm -hmm. So Not just, oh, I want to build websites like I want to build websites for um, maybe
1: Lawyers or startups, you know, to get specific about what that client looks like. Yeah.
0: Okay. That's a good example. Lawyers. Yeah. Or startups. I was thinking like restaurants or churches or something. But those are also yeah. good.
1: But if you think about like how you would position a website service for a church, it would be completely different than how you position it for a startup or a lawyer. Like, like each one is so different.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And it, it just also makes a lot of sense. I'm sort of thinking out loud here, but if you've built, you know, 50 restaurant websites already, of course, and another, a new restaurant is going to want to hire you because you already know so much kind of about like the restaurant business and like what mm-hmm. they're looking for and what being, exactly. There. Yeah. That's a really, and then it's good also tip.
1: easier for people to send referrals or introductions. Cause they're like, Oh, I know somebody who has a restaurant and he needs a website. I know this guy who does that.
0: All right. Okay. So, the first thing a person should do is get really specific about what kind of client they wanna work for. All right, what's the mm-hmm. next thing they should do? Let's just let's just say that they're specific, they want to build a website for restaurants. So then mm-hmm. what's kind of the next step?
1: Go out and find people who have restaurants and start talking to them. Find out what kind of things that they need help with. So um, maybe for example, they just got a bad review on Yelp because somebody saw cockroaches in their basement. So if that's a problem for them, then what you can do as a web developer, if you want to give them a website, is say something like, I'm going to give you this amazing website, and what it's going to do for you is it's going to show your stellar reputation, it's going to bring customers to your door, and it's going to have you getting good reviews over and over again because people are going to love coming to your restaurant. So if you say that instead of I'll build you a new website, then this restaurant here is going to be so much more likely to want to have your services because you understand this pain point of having this bad review on Yelp. Talking to them is the
0: next thing. And is there like a number of how many different restaurants you should talk to or just one or you should maybe talk to a bunch of different ones if you can?
1: I usually recommend to start out with five. But when people hear five, they'll start to balk sometimes if it's too far outside of the comfort zone. So if five seems like too many, just start with one, just start with one and then work your way up. It gets easier with each person you talk to. Mm
0: hmm. Okay, so then, what do you recommend? So let's just say a person they want to build uh, websites for restaurants, and they begin talking to a few different restaurant owners in their area. Should they like log all their results in a spreadsheet or keep some kind of database or something?
1: Yes, um, I would recommend recording even word for word what they're saying so that you can get the exact type of phrasing that they use. Um, personally, I have a spreadsheet for it. I guess it depends on your own how it works for you. Uh, you record information usually.
0: Yeah, that's a good tip on recording word-for-word, uh, word, even, you know, like the audio. So then you can get the exact words that they're using.
1: Right, because then when you're putting together your website or you're pitching your services, you can use those word-for-word word phrases and it's going to speak to them so much more and they're going to know how much you understand them.
0: Okay, so a person is going along and doing this process and they're talking to people, there. You know, maybe they even get their first client. They're starting to build um, their website. They're positioning Mm -hmm. to restaurant owners. I completely feel this way as well. I feel like all the business kind of stuff can be really stressful. And what I mean by business (laughs) stuff is like taxes. Yeah. Like, what do I register? Yeah, do I register as a business? Da da da. da. So when people are first starting out, when should they start worrying about those kinds of details?
1: I'm not an attorney. This is not legal advice and should not be construed as such. Um, It depends on what you have that's right for your business. What I usually recommend is for people to learn as much as they can about what's needed and then to make an informed decision for themselves. One thing I would recommend when you're starting out, even if you're just doing small projects, even if you're just starting out, is to get your EIN. If you're in the US, it's your employer identification number. It sounds like it's for employers, but um, even if you don't have employees, you can get this number from the IRS.gov completely for free. And what you use it for is to open up business or um, banking accounts to keep your business and your personal banking separate, and that's really important right from the beginning.
0: So I do recommend that right away. That's a good point. So we talked about identifying your ideal client, putting together, you know, like a website, and using their words and you know, going out and talking to people directly. And that's a great way. So then, okay. Say if you start doing that, how do you kind of take it up to the next level and start getting more clients? Is there anything you advise beyond just going, uh, talking to the people that like the target audience or the customers? So the restaurant owners, like maybe, um, going to different kinds of events or things like that.
1: Um, Events are good if you're comfortable going to the events. Uh, I always say that if you put pressure on yourself to go, then that completely defeats the purpose because you're not having a good time. You're not learning anything. No one is, you know, it's just not a good time. So um, events can be good. Um, But what I really recommend is to continuously ask for referrals. So if you have a client who likes your work, get a testimonial for them, ask if you can use your logo on your website, and then also ask them if they know anyone who can use your services. And don't just ask them once either. Make sure you follow up again later, maybe three months down the line, six months down the line, and again, ask them for a referral. Um, Another good trick is if you know anyone who, okay, let's go back to the restaurant example. Um, If you know one person who knows a lot of people in the restaurant business in your city, Mm -hmm. if you can build a relationship with that person and then identify the specific people in their restaurant network that you want an introduction to, ask them and then also give them a little blurb that they can use in the introduction letter when they introduce you to these restaurateurs. And that way, it's a great way to sort of, um, you know, make a connection with one person and really build a nice, valuable relationship there and then ask if you can get introductions to other people in their network.
0: So, yeah. So, for that, maybe it wouldn't even be like a restaurant owner. It would just be someone who had inns or maybe did work Mm -hmm. for these different restaurants. So, maybe even a person who did, like, marketing or social media. Definitely. Yeah. Definitely. Uh, restaurants.
1: Always recommend finding people that can become potential business partners. Even if you don't work together on projects, you can at least become referral partners if you have the same target clients.
0: So, okay, so we we used the restaurant example, which is great. I feel like that's really good for like more like a local kind of thing. But what about Mm -hmm. a person who wants to build websites, or maybe, okay, let's just say they live in a really small area, like a very tiny town in the mountains, and there's not really much of like a local community, uh, so they want to do things virtually. So what's a way they could kind of meet people and get these, you know, connections and, and build their network, even if they live in a really small area or desolate area?
1: Yeah, so I would recommend picking the kind of target client that you can find online, so let's say that your target clients are new moms and they want to raise their kids really healthily. So you could find blogs that cater to this target client. You could find um, probably there's a lot of online communities that have moms in there who are looking for tips on how to have new recipes, healthy food. Um, and then also like Facebook groups. So, whatever your target client is, I'd recommend starting to find all these different websites online, like blogs or communities, maybe social media networks that they really like to focus on, and then studying them there. If you can't go out and find people one on one,
0: yeah, that's definitely a really good idea about going to where they are. And there's so many things yeah. online nowadays, um, different groups and forums mm-hmm. that definitely, could, yeah, that you could join and and so on. Okay, so. So for the people, okay, who maybe don't live in like a big, you know, area or even a medium sized area, there's always going online. So now I have Mm -hmm. to ask this question. What do you think about the bidding sites like um, Upwork? And I guess that's the main one, Upwork or Fiverr or something. If a person asks you, oh, hey, Joyce, like, you know, I really need to find clients. I want to build up my work. Do you ever think that's a good idea to go on a platform like that?
1: I don't recommend it because I think you'll end up lowballing your services. I think that if you really focus on who you want to have as a client and then work to build relationships and create your business that way, it's going to be far more sustainable and definitely more profitable than if you go on to Upwork. There's just so many budget buyers on there, and there's also so much competition.
0: Yeah, yeah, good point. I mean, I think it could be a good way to maybe get things faster, perhaps, like get projects faster. But in the long run, exactly as you said, far less profitable because of yeah. A, yeah, all the budget buyers and then the competition. And there's people, you know, that have been up on Upwork for a while with all of these yes. great reviews. And some of them are $7 an hour. Yeah, especially if, you know, if you're living in the U.S., that's like, isn't, that's, I think, below minimum wage for... Right. In A lot of areas, even if it's
1: faster, I really don't recommend it because if you take all the time that you're going to spend doing these little one off projects that's not paying you a lot and you instead invest that time in building relationships, you can end up making so much more money that will far outweigh all of the benefits of being able to get money faster. If it's just if it's less then you don't have clients who can become champions and send you referrals, for example.
0: Yeah, and when we we're talking about this, this makes me think of this question, which I know so many people are asking, or at least thinking to themselves: How do you know what to charge? And I know there's not a one right answer for this, but if you're just starting out and you're really clueless, you have a client coming your way, and they're, you know, they um, they want you to send them a proposal. How do you have any guidelines to figure out what you should charge?
1: So again, it's going to depend on what your client market is, and this is a great reason why you want to start looking at other people who also serve this target client, because they're going to have a good idea if they're more established of the kind of prices that this client might be willing to pay for services. That is one method. There's many methods, but that's the one I would recommend based on everything we've talked about today.
0: So looking at what other people who are serving the same client are charging. Mm-hmm. I think we competitors
1: or not competitors
0: It can be tough sometimes for that too because not everyone lists prices like on their site but i think if you dig around enough there's usually some people that do have their prices listed or their services or something on on their site Mm -hmm. and then i know i want to ask this because a lot of people always ask this what are your recommendations for um hosting a client's website on their own server or should they make the client get their own hosting
1: I, at least personally, I always had my clients get their own hosting. Um, If you do want to have clients on your own servers, and I recommend having Arizona Missions and liability insurance to make sure, you know, if your servers go down, your client doesn't sue you. You don't want to be liable for that.
0: Yeah, that definitely makes a lot of sense. And also, I think it probably just can prevent headaches in the future because what if you want to change your hosting and then you have all these clients that are on your server or it also maybe can, um, just makes things easier if they, if they eventually want to go to another like web person, um, you don't have to like transfer everything over until mm-hmm. they already have it and they have access to it. And yeah, it's just mm-hmm. easier and you don't have to like pay for it. I mean, I guess you could charge them for that, but just, just cleaner. Okay. So I'm going to ask you the final question, and I'm asking this question to, to everyone. It's like the closing scenario question. A person has no technical experience whatsoever, but wants to get their first job as a freelancer. What can they do today to take a step in the right direction?
1: Think about who they want to work
0: with. Okay. Thanks so much, Joyce. <laughs> so where can people find you online?
1: Uh, my website is That's J-O-Y-C-E-A-K-I-K-O.com. And then I also have a book at com.
0: Ooh, could you repeat that? The last URL again?
1: Yes, it's FreelanceYourWayToFreedom.com.
0: FreelanceYourWayToFreedom.com. Okay, great. Yeah. Thanks so much. And all of these will be in the show notes, all of these links and resources that were mentioned today. Have a great rest of the afternoon, Joyce. And thanks so much for talking with me.
1: Yeah, no problem. Thank
0: you. I hope you enjoyed our conversation. You can find Joyce over at her website, JoyceAkiko.com. Or go over to the show notes for this episode at learn to code with dot me forward slash four. Lastly, I want to tell you about a special guide I put together on how to get started as a freelancer. Inside this guide, I talk about how you can identify your specialty, services, and audience, ways to get your first client, how to actually make money as a freelancer, and much more. You can download it at learntocodewith.me forward slash freelance. Next week's show is also all about freelancing with guest Ryan Robinson. Ryan works full time for Creative Live, he writes for big name sites like Forbes. He has freelance clients, and he even makes his own online courses. How does he do it all? He fills us in next week. I'll see you then.